In the middle of an artificial lake on a grand estate near the English village of Whitley, a statue of the Roman god of the sea, Neptune, appears to float. Ooh, okay. Hey, you have caught my interest right out the gate here. <laughs> In 1890, a businessman named Whitaker Wright bought Lee Park, which he renamed Whitley Park. The estate spanned 9,000 acres with 32 Damn. bedrooms and 11 bathrooms, big-ass house, big-ass grounds. <clears throat> he immediately started making the estate his own, doing renovations. He added a velodrome, which is like a cycling course. Um, ah. He added a theater, a private hospital, stables for 50 horses, and he constructed several artificial lakes. Under one of those lakes, just below the surface, he hid the Whitley Underwater Ballroom. What? <laughs> so this was actually a smoking room, but it was, they called it a ballroom because of the shape. It was round. It was like a dome under the water. Okay. Um, it was also very opulent and grand, and so just like the the vibe of this room was that of a ballroom under um, the water, under the lake. Yes, in the eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The roof was domed and made out of glass panels, at the pinnacle of which the statue of Neptune stands. Um, and it can be reached by going down a spiral staircase and going through tunnels under the grounds, um, leading down into the depths of the lake. Wild. Um, generally only very lucky guests of his would be entertained in this room. I found this story in um, the book Atlas Obscura, an explorer's guide to the world's hidden wonders, which I checked out from the library because I did not know what to talk about today. (laughs) (laughs) I love this strategy. Go to the library. If there's anything that you should know from this podcast, when in doubt, go to the library. Go to the library. Yes. (laughs) And um, I literally just searched weird in the catalog um, (laughs) and went to the nonfiction section. Um, Which is something I loved doing as a kid, like checking out a book of just like fantastical trivia and like wonders of the world and things like that. So it was like really fun to kind of get lost in something like that again. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I'm reading about all of this and I'm thinking this is so great. I have to tell Corey about this. I know she's going to love this, but I knew (laughs) that like as, as far as I had gotten yet, like it didn't feel enough on its own to be a cold open. Right. Like it's not a story. It's just that that's a right. cool place. It's just that a cool exists. thing. And so I was yeah. like, gosh, how am I going to be able to talk about this? But then I read this sentence about the ballroom. Oh boy. It was splendid. And like everything else on Wright's estate, it was ultimately doomed. <gasps> yes. Give it to me <laughs> into my veins. So it turns out the source of Wright's immense wealth was plain, good, old-fashioned lying. Ooh, nice. Okay. So he was the son of a Methodist minister. Um, That's a good start. Yeah. Um, He was the eldest of five. Um, One of his younger brothers invented the reverse trolley pole, um, which connects electricity from the wire, like, to the motor of the trolley. Huh. 
Yeah, so like he um like he had some interesting like family members and yeah. things already. Um and Which is like always the only way anyone gets like famous or interesting. It's like <laughs> yeah. oh, they had somebody else who was mm-hmm. like who did something cool in their family. They were already like rich and doing cool shit. Yeah. So he he did attempt uh, some business endeavors as a young man, but um, it wasn't going great until eventually he became a promoter for mining companies. Um, mm-hmm. And he was doing this in, in um, England, in the Americas, and I think even in Australia, um, just uh, promoting these invest like he was an investor in these mining companies um and he was making huge profits Mm -hmm. um off silver mines in america but his shareholders were not seeing the same results as he was imagine that weird unprecedented right yeah he was falsifying the records he was juggling money around his accounts um his balance sheets were all sorts of not correct. Um, yeah. To put it simply, he was just ultimately a lying liar in the business world. People like this, like, I don't know if fascinate is the right word, but like kind of fascinate me because I have such high anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like people who are like con men and stuff like this, like I don't know if you've right. listened to the podcast, Who the Hell is Hamish? That's another like example of this where this like Australian guy just like duped women all over the world into like marrying uh-huh. him and then stole all their money and stuff oh my like God. that. And I'm like, that just like, like ethics aside and the fact that I'm an empathetic human who wouldn't do this to other people, that uh-huh. also sounds so goddamn stressful to live your entire right. life just lying to everyone and having yes. to like be in a constant state of cover up. There's no amount of money that could make that worthwhile. Right, right. Because it's like, if, if you do get caught, that's... <laughs> fucking it you're fucked like right yeah exactly (laughs) and And like inevitably with these kinds of things like on smaller scales people do tend to get caught right but and they like have to Mm -hmm. move on to the next mark or whatever but it's like yeah the moment that like you're like big time caught Mm -hmm. it's over right right he was not um like a subtle man clearly given (laughs) like you know his his ostentatious ballroom and yes, all that yes under underwater like yeah, yeah i mean apparently like it, he like some of the um articles i was reading like he his his estate looked like a museum it was so full of just random grand shit that that he liked <laughs> people are know? like where's my money and he's just like holding his arms out like i don't know don't look behind <laughs> me <laughs> yeah <laughs> certainly not in my house right <laughs> So in 1904, unfortunately for our lying friend, Wright was caught. So he stood trial, and while he maintained his innocence, the court did find him guilty. Hmm. They sentenced him to seven years in prison for his crimes. However, he never saw the inside of his jail cell. Okay... In January of 1904, the San Francisco Call published an article on the whole affair, reading, At three o'clock this afternoon, Whitaker Wright was sentenced to seven years penal servitude. At four o'clock, he lay dead on the floor of a small room in the law courts. 
Oh, shit. Whether he took his own life by poison or whether death was in its natural course, um, <laughs> Rob's the law of its fulfillment will not be known definitely until a postmortem examination is held. All indications, however, point to poisoning, and the Great Plunger's friends accept no other theory. The career of this man, who was known on three continents for his stupendous financial operations, closed in a startling tragedy. His entire life, with his rise from poverty to enormous wealth, was full of dramatic incidences, but there was nothing that could compare with the manner of his death. All London tonight is thrilled with the news of it. No such human <laughs> tragedy has been enacted in England in many a year. See, this is exactly it, right? Like, okay, so there's different kinds of like con men right mm -hmm. and there are those like say you take a trump for example right yeah and it's like he gets caught but he's like too pleased with himself and too convinced mm -hmm. he's untouchable which you know mm -hmm. has proven to be true that like right. like the man would never kill himself it doesn't matter like what yeah would happen yeah. like, he cannot bring there's no amount of he's shame. too in love with there's, himself yeah there's no amount of yeah. trouble anything like that that would like cause him to be like i am going to take my own life now and then there's like guys like this who again like to me i'm like as a high anxiety person like maybe don't put yourself in a position where mm -hmm. it's either continue this scam for the rest of mm -hmm. your life or poison yourself on the courtroom floor just right. a thought here you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's extreme. It's extreme. <laughs> it's extreme, right? But his life was extreme. So yeah. it, it. I mean, I, I would kind of love to like know what was going on in the mind of this man, right? Like who would just you know go to uh, the full lengths that you could possibly go, and like seemingly every situation, every facet of his life, right? Yeah, exactly. So apparently, his body laid there until eight o'clock because, as a convicted felon, his body now belonged to the crown. They were just like, <clears throat> eh, fuck it, somebody will take care of it later. I I don't I think what happened was because initially um, he he didn't die right away and so mm. he he had passed out and they had kind of propped him up on some chairs like waiting for the doctor right. um, and then after he did eventually die like I guess they had to wait for an official um, oh. uh, uh, like coroner or something yeah, you like know like someone uh, to come in and be like yep he did yeah. Yeah, so, like, they had to wait because he belonged to, like, the crown. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, the uh, And this is, again, from that, that article. The home office finally gave permission for its removal, and the body was given over to the jurisdiction of the coroner. It now lies at Westminster Mortuary, where almost all the corpses taken from the Thames are laid out. And I just included that because I thought it was a fun little tidbit. casual tidbit yeah. added into yeah. this. Like also all those bodies Notable. in that river that's like just yeah. right in the middle of town. <laughs> they go here too. Yeah. So now cool, you cool, can cool, cool, you cool. bring that up at brunch. It was like the other day, you know, Mark went into London with his family. They went and saw Shrek, the musical. Okay. Uh, was it Shrek? No, not Shrek. SpongeBob. SpongeBob the musical. Ah, nice. Um, and I asked him, like, you know, oh, where did you eat? Because that's the only thing that matters when anyone goes <laughs> anywhere to me. Uh, and he was like, oh, we had a picnic on the banks of the Thames. I'm like, oh, how quaint is that? That's mm -hmm. so cute. Then when you think about casually, like, there's like sh a shit ton of bodies in it or have been <laughs> at some point, then it becomes yeah. a little less cute. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> do you I know mean, what's in there yeah that just kind of makes me think though that like probably everywhere i've ever been there's been that's dead people a, so that's a no, that's a very okay. good point especially when mm-hmm. it comes to bodies of water yeah like, yeah because any body of water eventually you know we've talked about um, Lake Mead, uh, we've talked about the Manchester Pusher, you mm-hmm. know, the canals of Manchester, yeah. things like that. Like, mm-hmm. any body of water you're on at any given time, you, like, potentially are just, like, drifting over a dead person. Yeah, yeah. So, Fun perspective. Yes. It's, <laughs> Everywhere is a graveyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. So the article goes on to say that apparently Whitaker Wright was sure that he was going to be found innocent. Um, and he didn't seem at all concerned throughout the court proceedings. Nice. He had friends in high places. And as he said, correctly, plenty of other wealthy businessmen got away with the kinds of things he had done all the time. And there were actually um, a couple like uh, American political cartoons that I found like criticizing this very situation, like this inconsistency, like J.P. Morgan's just getting away with doing right, the yeah. same shit, you know, and then here we have... Like, you that know, is I, what it comes down to, right? Like, that's business as usual. That's mm-hmm. capitalism writ large is essentially yeah. doing exactly this. <laughs> and yeah. it's just a matter of, like, what level of societal protection do you have right, from being it's punished like, for it? And who did yeah. you steal from? You know, like, right. what <laughs> yeah. level of person did you take that money from? Mm-hmm. Are they higher on the totem pole than you are? I also feel like like him being new money like mm-hmm. didn't stand in his right. favor like yeah. you know he had friends but he didn't really have allies that yeah, could yeah. make any like important you know right. decisions there yeah um uh, again from the article um for an hour Wright awaited the verdict meanwhile talking cheerfully with his counsel while the city magnates members of the aristocracy aristocracy and the other spectators who crowded the room kept their eyes riveted upon the man whose fate hung in the balance when the jury filed in at three o'clock Wright showed his first signs of nervousness peering through his glasses he leaned forward to catch the foreman's answer at the word guilty which broke the tense expected silence Wright did not even flinch but sticking his hands deep down into his pockets and gazing rather grimly at his judge he stood up to receive sentence. Mm. Whitaker Wright, said Justice Bigham, in my opinion, the jury could not on the evidence arrive at any other conclusion than which they have expressed in their verdict. I confess I see nothing that in any way excuses the crime of which you have now been found guilty, and I cannot conceive of a worse case than yours. Damn. Yeah. Like, it's... It's incredible because, I mean, what it sounds like, too, is that from how you described it, it wasn't that he thought they weren't going to think he did it. It was that he thought they would know he did it, but it'd be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Right. Like, it was just like, yeah, the conclusions were what he expected. It's (laughs) the Mm -hmm. punishment that was surprising. Yeah. Yeah. He, He fucked around and found out. Big time. After expressing his innocence to the crowd, he was led out of the court. He said to a friend, consoling him, oh, never mind, I don't mind it a bit. Another lie. Yeah. He just can't stop lying. (laughs) Right. Within the hour, the swindler fell unconscious. Um, As I said earlier, a doctor was called, and he determined that Wright's heart was giving out, um, and soon he was dead. 
All signs pointed to poisoning, and it was later found that he had indeed self-administered cyanide after hearing his guilty verdict. The wow. inquest revealed that he also had come to court with a revolver in his pocket, oh presumably God. a backup in case the poison didn't do the job. Listen, for a guy who claimed to be unbothered, he was really he was prepared pretty, to be bothered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, because it was a civil court, they didn't, like, have, like, very yeah. intense security. Right. So he just brought he like, it in, oh. waltzed in with, yeah. <laughs> so. Pop the sign Um Right. So while Wright's story had ended, um, his estate still had a little bit more in store. Mm. It was auctioned off after his death and sold to William Peary. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Peary. Um, who some may recognize as chairman of Harland and Wolf. Oh, I have Harland and Wolf cranes tattooed on my arm. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, uh, located in Belfast, they were the builders of the Titanic. The RMS Titanic. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, Peary's nephew designed the Titanic and died on its maiden voyage, with Peary himself narrowly escaping tragedy as illness prevented him from joining the voyage at the last minute. I think, I, so, funny enough, when you said his name initially, I was like, I know I've read this yeah, name recently. I, I, I assumed like, you I, probably yeah. would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think within, like, you know, when I was in my Titanic phase a month ago, I think I had come across exactly okay. that story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so he's the like one who another- bought it. He yeah he bought it after after um they when they auctioned it off after his death, um, c- yeah and apparently like it I it seemed like a lot of his like peers um were like didn't really want to be bothered with it at all, uh-huh. um so just like it seems that so many people uh, connected with this estate just like had tragedy <laughs> like befall yeah, their family name. Then again, maybe that was just like simply the like 19th and early 20th right? century was just yeah. like, it was just like people just were like dying all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was just life. Right. The estate changed hands again after Peary's death, but in 1952, another tragedy struck. A fire broke out, burning down the mansion and ruining most of the estate. Oh, shit. With little, or while little else of Wright's era of the property remains, the underwater ballroom, now empty and much less grand, still sits quietly (gasps) at the bottom of the lake, hidden from the world, while Neptune stoically looks on, guarding this now useless monument to a man so consumed with wealth that it ultimately became his undoing. Bro, no way. It's still there? still there yeah it's not open to the public excuse me um but uh people have been allowed to go down um there's pictures now of what it looks like i didn't see any pictures um of what it looked like before Mm -hmm. um there may be some that i just haven't found yet but there are pictures of just like the empty empty room and like the tunnels and the staircases so I'll definitely need to send those over to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have look, you've just given me like a new life goal here to like <laughs> right? somehow get access yeah. to this underwater ballroom cuz that is well there's also a part of me that's like an underwater ballroom that's been sitting there since the late 1800s feels like any mm-hmm. moment now it's probably <laughs> going to yeah, and I, collapse, but I read somewhere and I don't know if if this is 
backed up um but somebody one of the articles i read said that if a panel were to break that the room would be completely full of water within like five minutes right like it's kind of like if like a car goes into the water and like you roll down the window Mm -hmm. or something like that like you only have x amount of time to get out of there before the whole thing is completely submerged i imagine that's probably what would essentially happen if a panel broke on that thing which is probably why it's not open to the public right it's probably hugely dangerous but Mm -hmm. i'm fascinated i'm also really curious about like the process of building this thing yeah 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 because i don't think i don't think that was like common at that point right like you hadn't you didn't have like a ton of like I don't think like the channel existed at that point or anything uh-huh. like that. I could be wrong, yeah. but I feel like that was built in like the mid 20th century. Um, I feel like that's part of why that that this was included in this book, just because like it's it was not common. <laughs> yeah, you know? like like it it was a wonder at in that day. Yeah, you know? and that's that's fascinating to me. That I mean, that's such like a just a flash of a life right there. Do you know how old he was when he? he died um if i was better at math and faster at math <laughs> i could figure it out i think sure. he was i think he was in his mid 50s okay but i can't remember for sure so I'll, i will need to yeah, look yeah. that up that's fine i i was just curious you know yeah. uh, like that's a not exactly live fast die young but like mm-hmm. on that <laughs> in that sort of vein to mm-hmm. make like just a shit ton of money you know exploiting people in whatever way and you know create something huge and extravagant and that like is remarkable Mm -hmm. uh and then you know go out real fast all of a sudden uh and that that's like uh i mean obviously it burning down in the 50s is probably why we don't hear anything about this but i am Mm -hmm. sort of surprised that like i don't know maybe listen we have plenty of british listeners is this a thing that you know about is this like oh everybody knows about the the underwater ballroom (laughs) in whitley is the area whitley Mm -hmm. and it's in the london area um i don't know how to say any of these british words but it was in like gold gold what do you By know? What the, Surrey? Did it say the county? Oh, Surrey. Okay, so yeah, so we're talking. Okay, yeah, like I know. literally. I'm showing my like, ignorance here. But. <laughs> it's like the county directly below uh, London. Okay. So now there's a there's a new thing for my bucket list. Somehow, <laughs> go see the Break underwater in. ballroom and don't die while doing it. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise en scène. Anyone has ever said me well said in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Yes, Anna. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Jack of All Grapes. Um, that is my, like, homage to, like, it's not the accent, but it's my ode to David Dasmalchian's, uh, random accent in Dracula that I, or in, uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter, but I'm not entirely sure what it was supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my ode to ambiguous accents that, uh, I can't place. How you doing? 
yeah i mean pretty good it's hot it's real uh, hot heat, out man. here but aside from that yeah just a chill sunday yeah i'm i mean we obviously spent all of last week talking about how we're done with this summer thing mm-hmm. i yesterday i walked where did i walk to i can't even remember where it was but Oh, I just walked over to like, so around the corner from me, there's like a very small sort of downtown area. Okay. <clears throat> to say downtown is like overselling this. I live in the fourth <laughs> ward of Montclair and there's like basically like a tiny little main street of like maybe 12 businesses okay. <laughs> that's around yeah. the corner. I love, me. I love little tiny towns yeah, like that. Yeah, right. Just, that's it's so a block. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> and in that little block. There is a pizza joint, uh, and that pizza joint is, like, just the old school pizza slice bigger than your head, 250, mm. you know, that mm-hmm. kind of spot. Went Beautiful. and walked over there, went to the corner store, got some Diet Colas because I was out, walked back. Beautiful night, to be fair. I mean, there were lightning bugs everywhere. Mm. Uh, we have the cicadas that we have, like, not had in years because I think it just the weather hasn't been right for it. Okay. Um, and like as I walked home, there's like a bunny frolicking through the front Aww. yard. So all this kind of stuff. A like regular just, Disney movie. Yeah, like straight up. It's absolutely <laughs> picturesque. But I got home and it looked like I had been working out because it was just like oh. sweat pouring yeah. down my oh, entire God. body. It's like, this is like almost perfect, except yeah. fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> Did you so walk through a sprinkler on Yeah, your right? Like, yeah. It's intense. <clears throat> and you can kind of see it now. Like I turn off my. Uh, air conditioner when I recorded so now I've got that nice little shine yeah. yeah that little you know because girls don't sweat we glow I am you're just um, glistening glowing you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh it's yeah so that's happening right now I commiserate yeah. it is in your household uh dear Hollywood Steve's birthday happy birthday steven happy birthday steve 42 40 oh the ultimate answer universe and everything yeah oh that's beautiful that's a very important birthday Mm -hmm. uh so you tell that hoopy fruit that he better know where his towel is uh and (laughs) have an excellent birthday and yes for those listening send him your love and make sure you go and listen to his podcast dead and lovely which do it we have long considered our sort of cousin or sibling mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yes we wish you a delightful happy birthday steve i had i have this um sort of like online address book called postable mm-hmm. which is great you like send the link to people and they can like they put in their info and it's like your email mm-hmm. address your home address your birthday your partner's birthday your kid's birthday is like all yeah. that kind of stuff in there and then it like <laughs> sends you an email when it's like hey do you want to send like a birthday card to so and so or like yeah. whatever and uh like 99 percent of the time I'm like yes I would like to do that and then I immediately forget about it so like yeah. two weeks ago I had like a tab open for days because it was like, do you want to send uh, Stephen Spratling a birthday card? I was like, yeah, I absolutely <laughs> want to do that. I did not do that. Oh, so. <laughs> well, di- digital, digital, uh, a- a- audio, audio birthday card audio right birthday here. Card. I'm going to yeah. send him a jib jab later. Do you remember those? Okay. Yes, I do. <laughs> send Good him a, times. A nice little birthday jib jab. I be love that. 
great that'll be that'll be delightful e-greetings were like one of my favorite early internet yeah things. like yeah they're so wholesome so and corny wholesome. and lovely yeah I yeah love just music and mm-hmm. goofy animations and all that kind of stuff like i remember you know being in like middle school and stuff like that and spending so much time finding the right e-greeting to send to people <laughs> yeah simpler times yeah simpler times can we go then. back to that internet yeah, I would love to go back to that internet. Mm. You know a thing that I thought about this morning that like had not really like I hadn't processed yet? Uh-huh. That Twitter doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It is. Like it's... even MySpace, right? Like yeah, MySpace still... exists. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know? Like it doesn't it doesn't look like it did before. It doesn't serve the same purpose mm-hmm. or whatever, but like if you type in myspace.com that website is still there. And there's like, yeah. sim- there's no such thing as Twitter. Yeah, lost to the sands of time. Bizarre. Just, yeah. It, I, yeah, it is weird. And like when I, the first time that I opened my phone and instead of the <laughs> the Twitter logo, it was the X. Like I had like a visceral reaction. Yeah, like, no ugh. Thanks. Yeah, I what? don't. I don't have automatic updates on my phone, mm. um, which mm-hmm. can cause me problems. But as such, my phone does still say Twitter on it. Oh, nice. And I'm like, I'm not. Listen, I already determined when September runs rolls around, I'm deleting it, like okay. the app altogether anyway. Okay. Yeah. Like nobody's like, you know, the I have it set. So like there's a certain number of people who like I get updates every time they post, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that list of people that has, like, 50 people or whatever on it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, two or three posts a day <laughs> from folks at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying the blue sky. I've, like, figured out how you make, like, a community on that. People talk to each other. It's, like, very, like, good vibes, all that yeah. stuff. So I'm, like. I'm enjoying it, too. Yeah. yeah. Fuck this I have noise. an invite code, by the way, if anyone Ooh. needs one. I don't, like, I don't know, I I don't know how, what's the best way to, like, give that out or anything, right. but I'm just going to throw that out there. If someone needs an invite code, DM me, it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> FYI, hit Anna up. They've got yeah. an in, invite code with your name on it. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. This is just a thing that I started yeah. processing this morning because I've had a Twitter since, you know, 2008. When it was yeah. like, I had, you could, like, you could text Twitter to tweet at okay. that point. Um, and it would also, like, if you got notifications, like, you would receive a text. And I just mm. remember that, like, I had, the one person that I had notifications set up for was Will Wheaton. Okay. <laughs> so I would just, throughout the day, get little, like, updates on what, like, Will uh. Wheaton was up to. But this ended up, like, kind of working out because one day I was, like, sitting in downtown Portland doing shit and then the little update was like will wheaton is like oh i'm having pita pit and pdx and i was like i am like 150 feet from pita pit oh my right god now. <laughs> and that's then awesome i got to meet him in pioneer courthouse square <laughs> and you know wow yeah tell him like I yeah like, you're like one of my first crushes oh my nice. god that's awesome yeah. can't can't get that experience anymore can't Elon. get that experience anymore Fucking Elon, I'm telling Fuckin you. Elon. So yeah, rip to mm. those days. Yeah. Um, next week, exciting news. We're going to have our dear Boffin Eileen back on the show. 
We don't know I'm exactly so what science topic we're going to discuss yet, uh, but we will come up with one. If there's something that's like on your mind that you'd like for us to address with Eileen, whether as a main topic or just a question, a burning science question that's been on your mind, please let us know. As you know from her previous appearances, Eileen will put way too much work into finding the answer to your query. So <laughs> if you have a science thing that's been bugging you, uh, let us know about that. But yes, we will have some sort of science-based Joag next week mm-hmm. with our dear Boffin, and it's going to be a I'm good I'm so very excited. Yeah, it's never bad news bears when we have Eileen on here. It is yeah. always fun. Uh, and <laughs> we enjoy the degree of torment that we put her through uh, when it comes to <laughs> finding the answers to things. Also... Uh, next Saturday, we have Book Club. It is The Ghost Eaters by Clay McLeod Chapman. So if you haven't picked that up from your library or your local indie bookstore or whatever yet, um, get a hold of it. There's still plenty of time to get that read by next Saturday and then join us at 7 p.m. East Coast time at 4 p.m. West Coast time. And for the rest of you, I know you already know how to adjust those times. <laughs> so uh, figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> uh, that's all the math I am willing to do. And sometimes I still manage to get it backwards. So, uh, you know, sort it from there. But on our Discord, which the link is always in our link tree, which is on all of our socials so that you can uh, join in there and hang out with us with a delightful group of book nerds from all over the place, all over the U.S., from Australia, from wherever. It's a great time. So Mm -hmm. join us for that. What hast thou watched this week, Anna? Um... So probably the one I'm most excited about uh, out of this list is a movie called They Clone Tyrone that mm. just recently came out on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep yeah. hearing how great this is. I did watch like 10 minutes of it and then realized I was like, I am not in like the like mindset to watch oh, this sure. right now for something that's like yeah. clearly going to be so like mind bending and all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it is on my list. Tell me what you yes. thought. I, it is one of my favorite movies of this year. I keep hearing this. Yes. Like, it It was just, it was so fun and, like, it funny, but also, like, intense. And the the acting is, like, so great. Jamie Foxx is killing it. Oh, amazing. Like... <laughs> and it like it looks cool like the What's colors the basic premise of if it is even something that you can like begin to explain what is the basic premise of this movie uh, um okay um <laughs> <laughs> tricky question i can tell it is it is because i don't want to like i don't want to give anything away right yeah um it it starts out in in a community um like kind of a small town community um, we're kind of like seeing the effects of drug deals and like um, there's like this pimp and everything and like we're just kind of like introduced to like kind of like this like day in the life of the people like living in this area um, and then like our main characters start to notice that there's something wrong happening. Okay. It's yeah. It's like nice. the, yeah. I don't want to say more than that. Yeah, no, but, that's it. Yeah, I feel good yeah. about that. That just, I mean, that's like that's a vibe. That's like all yeah. right. Th- people are going about their day to day life, and then shit feels mm-hmm. off. 
Yeah. And like we that. we were laughing our asses off. And the, but then there were also moments where it was like, oh, my God, like this is like so like powerful. And like, yeah, it was just it gave me like so many things I love in, in like an action thriller with horror nice. elements. Like I wouldn't say that it's horror, but it definitely has scenes that that could be in horror movies right you know yeah. um so i think but it's also not so intense that you know your average non-horror enjoyer right. wouldn't be able to get into it too so yeah, yeah. yeah i highly 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 recommend it um i thought it was a blast beautiful yeah i've heard nothing but good reviews of that one so it's definitely like i just need to be like in the zone yeah to watch yeah. it you know <laughs> and then yeah if you like shit in. like you know welcome to night vale mm-hmm. and you know things like that where it's like uh, a, a setting we're all familiar with but kind of just like in, uh, scratching into uncanny valley yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's good love that good stuff watched i what i feel was like a little less of a successful version of that your mileage may vary this is one where i'm like i don't know like you and mark might like it Mm -hmm. but i'm not entirely sure i think Um, i know what one you're gonna say do you (laughs) i think so is ns men yeah mm -hmm. have you watched it i haven't but i've been meaning to i had i'd never even heard of it i turned on hulu and it like was like the first thing up there and like the Uh description of it was basically like uh, a woman working like a or I don't even think it's a woman but it's a, like a scientist working on an uh-huh. island alone is slowly driven to madness um, okay. over the course of this movie and I was like hey all right mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can get into that idea um and it is very I mean it definitely you can see in the reviews of it and stuff like that that there's like really no way to not compare it in ways to skin and it's like bright sure. skin um mm-hmm. and so you're okay. getting a lot of it's beautifully shot uh-huh. i mean it looks like it was made you know in the 1970s okay um it has that like folk horror look to it film mm. grain you know mm-hmm. just really gorgeous to look at lots of it's um you know it's a Cornish film takes place in Cornwall, which is, you know, southern England coastal area. Um, and sorry, my mother is listening to like she turned the TV up so loud that I'm oh like God. wondering if it's going to be in this recording. So I apologize if you can hear like she was I singing a few minutes ago. Um, <laughs> there's TV blasting at this point. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, yeah, so it, it takes place in in Cornwall, the um the title is in Cornish, which is interesting because okay. it's Ennis Men, which is, I can't remember what men means, but Ennis is island. In Welsh, it's Innis means island. Okay. So, of course, this okay. sent me down like a spiral of like, how are these languages connected to one another? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyways, the thing about this movie is that it's like largely silent you know there's no mm-hmm. dialogue for the, i i texted mark and i was like uh, i am 22 minutes in and the first word has been spoken wow in this. okay um, and there's not a lot more after that this woman is alone one of the things about this for me is i'm like when i'm alone i start talking to myself you know yeah. or humming or any number of things and so like the yeah. idea that someone just goes about their day in like absolute perfect silence for however many days, weeks, whatever she's on this yeah. island to me is I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, 
And then I think like done differently, like basically she she does. She sort of spirals into madness, starts like seeing people that you're never entirely sure are there or like, you know, all these kinds of things is, is stuff in her head. Is it mm-hmm. like actually happening to her? There's like some right. culty vibes to this and stuff like that. It's just that because the whole thing is kind of in these like repetitive vignettes of like watching her kind of complete the same tasks every day you know going up and throwing a stone into this like well every day you know things like that it like very much like becomes sort of a like and 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 uh, i'm not gonna lie though this sounds like my shit (laughs) well that's the thing is i'm like i think you might enjoy this more than i did you know uh for me it was just kind of like no i get it she throws a rock in a well every day Go on. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just needed a little more. I think like substance. Yeah, I- I've mentioned before, like, you know, one of the reasons that I watch things is obviously like for me, not obviously for everybody is for characters more than anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I don't know anything about this woman because she never speaks. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. uh, I think it's really hard for me to get into something where I'm like, I have no investment in her. She could throw herself off this cliff. And it would change, it would make no emotional impact mm. to me because mm-hmm. I don't know who she is, you know? Gotcha. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons that the, like, movie doesn't really hit for me is it's like, yeah, it's beautifully shot. Um, mm-hmm. In theory, this storyline is interesting. I just don't care. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, if that is kind of your thing, like a quiet, very experimental, filmy mm-hmm. uh Kind of like folk horror, horror right? Yeah, oh, okay. like it's in the yeah. vein of folk horror. Um, it's Ennis Men, E-N-Y-S-M-E-N, and it is streaming on Hulu, if that Hulu. appeals to you. <laughs> yeah, I I think I am going to try to check that out soon. Because it's, did it come out this year or last I year? Think it's, it's like pretty new, year. right? Yeah, okay, yeah, like considering Hulu just showed it to me, that says to mm-hmm. me that's probably new because it's always trying to get me to watch whatever horror things are on there so yeah yeah, i think it's a 2023 joint gotcha cool what else you got um uh so we watched atlantis um the lost empire um (laughs) because uh the dead and lovely dead and lovely is covering um the last crusade okay Um, and and so i asked steven if he'd ever seen atlantis and he hadn't and i was like i feel like this these are like similar vibe movies so we watched it and it like i hadn't seen it in a few years and i love it like i think even more than i did as a kid like it's like it just such gets an better underrated better gem like it really yeah. kind of got like lost in the like mix of all the other things coming out yeah. at that point is it disney mm-hmm. okay i yep. wasn't sure like yep I don't it's know. I feel Disney like Disney Plus. kind of like buried it or whatever at the time. Maybe they had other yeah. things coming out or whatever. That and Treasure like... Planet were like yeah. so good, you yeah, know, exactly. and no one really. Ta- I mean, like people talk about them, but not nearly to the level they deserve. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that was really fun. Just like I that movie, like I had such a crush on Helga, you know, and like Love I that. and I Audrey, like I wanted to like be Audrey, like I wanted to be that like tomboy mechanic, you know, right. like yeah, totally. hold my own in a fight and stuff. So like yeah. I look, the characters always like really appealed to me as a kid, and like now I'm just like yeah, I, I love this movie so much. So it was yeah. fun to, and it was also fun to just like get to show it to someone who'd never seen it before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's what I remember. Well, 
unsurprisingly, like what I just said, uh, more than anything about that movie is I just remember like loving the characters mm-hmm. in that. I'm overdue yeah. for a rewatch. So now that I know it's on yeah. Disney Plus. I'll have and to the art style is is really beautiful and like a, yeah. you know different than a lot of the other stuff that had been coming out. And stuff, it was really so. kind of. I feel like it was in that sort of transitional movement mo- blah, blah, moment before like the. Tra- between the traditional mm-hmm. Disney animation and like before like the Toy Story animation took over where it was yep. really kind of doing something that was a cross between the tradition and the technology that was moving yeah. forward and it makes for such yeah. an interesting visual style that it does yeah it's totally yeah. unique there aren't a lot of them made that look right. like that right and like like looking at it you know there's like the, these crystals that glow mm-hmm. and it they glow you know, it's right. not like in a cartoon, it would just be like yeah. a bri- like a bright color or something, but they're yeah. glowing in this cartoon. Like, and so like some of these things that I didn't appreciate as much as, as a kid, now I'm right. like noticing of like, just like the, the care and the, and the, the artistry that went into it. I so, love that. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. I approve. Uh, but you also, you watched Shang-Chi and I know that I, that did not oh hit God. as well on the Disney scale for you. Yeah. So like I... After Endgame, you know, (laughs) I was fine with them making more movies, but then I saw the fucking time length, like lengths of these films, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, you are trying to do Endgame level, like, movies with characters that you have not been spending the last 10 years developing like you did for Endgame. So you haven't earned that yet. Like, and I kind of like was like, I'm just not, I don't care. I'm not going to go sit in the theater and watch (laughs) characters that I don't know or care about for almost three hours. Like, I'm just not doing it. And then like, so I, in the past like three years, I think I've seen like one or two of the Marvel movies that came out after Endgame. So, like, I finally was like, okay, there are things now coming out that I want to see. Right. I got to just do it. So, I put on <laughs> Shang-Chi. It literally took me, like, five, like four or five sittings to get through it all. I just did not care. I didn't <laughs> care. And it's so ugly. Like, it yeah, looks this is like a huge shit. Problem. Like, and I, I didn't mind Shang-Chi. I mean, it's didn't, like, it's not a favorite Marvel movie or anything like that. But, I mean, I also didn't mind The Eternals, which a lot of people hate as well, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm halfway through that this. one right now. Um, but, yeah, the <laughs> ugliness of these movies is a huge it's, issue. And that just gets yeah. worse. Like, by the time you get to the latest um, Ant-Man. It's, That's what I've heard. It's abysmal. Like, there's yeah. no excuse for right. Ant-Man to look like what it looks like. And, yeah. you know, as you're saying, it's like you, we haven't invested in these characters yet. Right. So you need to make us like care about them. And yeah. then it feels like you don't care either if this is the yes. film world you're giving them. <laughs> exactly. Because I would love to care about these characters. I'm sure yeah. they're really cool. Right. But yeah. like the way that they're being presented is just so unappealing to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are times where you can't even see what the fuck is going on, which right. I know is a thing that's like across the board. But yeah, it's a huge like, issue in general. <laughs> It just like it's so surprising to see the the quality go so far downhill so quickly. Yeah. Like and it just I don't know. I'm I'm just sick of it. But like I'm pushing through. I'm halfway through Eternals. I think it would work better as a mini series. Oh, I, I would agree with that. Definitely. But, I mean, um, I really so enjoyed far, it. So far like I think it's all right. right. 
<laughs> yeah, like I, I am having a lot more fun with it than I was with the other one. Once again, I think yeah. that it either it either needs to be um a regular length movie that yeah. is the beginning of the story, right. or it needed to be a series. Yeah, um, especially because you're in you're bringing in a grip of new people. Yes, in that yes. one, it's like so Shang it's like, Chi. Oh, you have to meet one guy essentially. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. It took us years before we even got to like the first Avengers, like right. setting up, and that's just like what's like six six-ish people right yeah. and i don't even know how many fucking eternals there are <laughs> like it's just and the, but the thing is like i can tell that it's based on like really cool stories yeah, exactly. so i'm just like it's any anyway yeah. it's fine but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I it, they have made it very difficult to care at mm-hmm. this point you know and there's too much content you know where yeah, we had to wait years and all this kind of stuff between all that other stuff. And, and now it's like every month or two, mm-hmm. there's like a there's new series, new there's a new movie, there's whatever. And I'm like, I've, yeah. I have given up. I watched one episode of that scroll show. Uh, oh, I heard it was just invasion? horrific. Yeah, Secret yeah. Invasion. Oof. I heard it was terrible. Like, yeah. just... unforgivably bad yeah all the like my friends who have reviewed it on letterboxd have all given it like roundly ones and 1.5s and things Mm -hmm. on that although mark watched it with his kid who's like really into marvel things right now and so he had a blast with it but i think that might be a seeing through the eyes of a 12 year old kind of situation (laughs) Um, yeah i mean like i'm not gonna begrudge anyone for having a good time for enjoying themselves like great that's awesome i (laughs) i wish i did do it yeah i would have loved to i would love to be having fun right now (laughs) i mean and when i do i really do like i've watched she hulk through like three times at this point i'm very i am very excited to watch that i yeah there are a few things that i'm like i am really looking for she hulk pushing through the marvel loki uh, those yeah, Loki all, was good. I did um, watch that. Yeah, WandaVision, like those WandaVision. were all mm-hmm. uh, really good. Um, I mean, it's I've said before, it's like largely the ones that are like really focused on men and sort of like military mm. action that are the ones that are just like deeply yeah. not interesting in yeah. the uh, like TV universe that they've created. And then like mm-hmm. I think you've really hit it there with like the movies are the length of an event, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. just. They're introductory movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's too much. That's way yeah. too much. So I saw The Last Voyage of the Demeter, mm-hmm. which I was very excited about last week um, because as I, I went through in depth, uh, I have been reading Dracula and the chapter about the Demeter mm-hmm. absolutely uh, just captivated me. So I was stoked to find that there was a movie coming about out about it yeah. now. Um, and I have mixed feelings mm-hmm. about this experience. Yeah, <laughs> um, I saw your uh, your review and it was like, because like this, you gave it like a pretty good rating, but then your review was like very right. like lukewarm. <laughs> Like I gave it a three, which is like a that's, that's a pretty like good. Decent. Yeah. Yeah, that's a decent. Right. And it's because I think the movie itself was pretty good. It's well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it manages to it, it's not so dark. You can't see things, even though lar- most of the action happens in the dark, uh-huh. which I deeply so, appreciate. Yeah, that's uh, a plus. You can see this movie, which is uh, a thing I like. Um, you know, there's a lot of good in this movie Mm -hmm. um 
But the things that didn't work for me, like, really took me out of it, which was largely CGI. Um, and to be fair, this movie does use practical effects to an extent. Like, mm-hmm. the <laughs> Dracula is a dude in, like, heavy makeup and stuff like that. But, of yeah. course, there's a degree to which they have to CGI him up because he's also, like, a Batman who flies yeah. around and yeah. stuff like that. But, like, there's stuff that, like, you know, uh, CGI blood is Ugh, the worst. I hate like, it. I don't, I don't see any reason to use CGI blood under any circumstance. No. You know? <laughs> um, and to have, like, it just, there's no texture of life in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. There is the degree to which, you know, Dracula has to be CGI, or doesn't have to be, but that that's the choice that they made. Yeah. Um, CGI fire. Um, oh, my which, God. You know? What? <laughs> like, yeah, and it, oh, it just none of it looked real. Yeah, that and that's not something that not. makes me want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, like I think you know, for some people that doesn't bother them yeah. as much. You know, I know Ben and Kate liked it. Um, I know uh, Asa, I think his name is, mm-hmm. in the Dead and Love the group just mm-hmm. posted like a huge thing about how much he loved it. Yeah. Like there are like for some people that does not take them out of it at all, and they appreciate the degree to which practical effects were used. Um, and I get that, but for me, like all the creepiness was taken out mm-hmm. of it. Like you have a lot of really good tension and yeah, all this kind of stuff in it, and then to it. yeah, the moment you then see Dracula, mm-hmm. it's like that's not real. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And someone gets their throat ripped open, and you're like, that's not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's someone's bursting into flames. That's not real. Yeah. Like it's I too, found like, myself crisp and clean, yeah, and, and you know. Yeah. I was looking for burn marks on things, right? You know, like something catches fire and then you're like aware of like how, you know, designed the burn at least behind this. Yeah. You know? Um, And so, yeah, that like to me really took it, took me out of the movie. It was just sort of being like none of the like those moments pay off Mm. because I have no like there's nothing in me that thinks this is happening to these people. Yeah. Yeah. it also, like, you know how excited I was for the image mm-hmm. of the the boat pulling ashore with the captain tied to the helm, mm-hmm. dead, and all that kind of stuff. An image which they did not use. <laughs> I was like, how? Yeah, how are you not just... going to do that? Like, are you serious? Like... It's I, like it, the work's already it. been done for you. Like, it's they've... handed yeah, to you. Just, just show it. Like, what the fuck? And it makes it so that, like, it kind of doesn't make sense because, of course, it does open with the boat Mm -hmm. coming ashore at Whitby. Um, But, like, you know, they have, like, some guy, like, looking really shaken or whatever. Like, oh, like, there's (laughs) everyone's dead or whatever. Like, But he didn't see anything. He didn't see, like, the insane thing that would cause you to, like, have an emotional breakdown right. or whatever, you know? Like, uh, so that kind of bothered me uh, in this as well, just to have, like, squandered mm-hmm. such an amazing horror image. And, you know, I was telling Mark about this afterwards, too, and um, we had just watched Necronomicon. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that? I have it, but I'm interested in it, seeing, you know, what you guys said about it. Yeah, and this is like this it's like nineteen ninety three, mm-hmm. I wanna say. Um, it's not streaming anywhere, but you can get it on archive.org. Okay. So it's just like, you know, and it's like labeled weirdly on there. So you have to like do the like metadata search sure. okay. and then hit movies and then it's gonna say like um 
what's his face uh who's the author that all of that stuff like um uh like cthulhu and all that kind of oh, stuff. oh hp lovecraft hp lovecraft yeah. so it says like HPLC 1993 mm, or something nice. like okay. that uh, on it. But yeah, it's a, um anthology uh, that, you know, joins together like three or four Lovecraft stories. Mm-hmm. And you have kind of at the center of it, um, Jeffrey Combs playing Lovecraft. Oh, uh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> which his Lovecraft makeup makes him look exactly like Bruce Campbell. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, huh. whole time, like, we kept on being like, this is really weird. That he, is, like, yeah, that's deeply awesome. Deeply looks like Bruce Campbell. Um, but yeah, it was, it's like so cool. And again, it's got that, like, it really has the texture of life to it. There mm-hmm. is CGI in it, early CGI, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, they couldn't rely yeah. on it. Yeah. Like, and when you do see that era little... of CGI, it's like kind of charming because it's like, exactly. it's so like fantastical and like yeah. cheesy and rubbery that it's like, you know you Mm -hmm. know that people did really spend like time and effort on it and stuff like they were like how can we enhance yeah the thing that we're doing here by adding this like bit of technology to it Mm -hmm. and that's what you feel in this like there's a few like sort of shitty 90s cgi moments in it but it really feels like you know what they were trying to do yeah oh this is just gonna add like a little spook factor to it or whatever Mm -hmm. um but it's largely uh practical effects that are incredible and gore that is like so over the top and creatures and all of this stuff with that very overwrought almost operatic kind of acting and Mm -hmm. and story that you get in those like 90s horrors that I absolutely Mm -hmm. love um you know big sort of gothic kind of set pieces and and all kinds of stuff like that that like really hit you know yeah (laughs) it's like this is this is what i want to see because even if it's like even if something doesn't look real it has the feel of life Mm -hmm. to it you know um and like i want that out of something so having just watched that like a night or two before Mm -hmm. watching the last voyage of the demeter had me kind of like especially disappointed where i'm like i know what you can do right Right. Why do we why, why are, do we rely yeah. so heavily on yeah, this? Yeah, why are we like devolving so much <laughs> in our production right. of Well, I mean it's it's because it's mass produced and, you know, right. yeah. exploitation of the people working on it and all that shit we don't have to get into. But like it's exactly. it's so like just soul crushing to me. Mm-hmm. Like wh- it, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. But like I said to Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to I am going to move on to a different movies, so say what you're Oh, okay. I I was just, I said to Mark afterwards, I was like, can we make a 90s movie? Oh, yeah. That's that's what I want to do, because we had just watched something else um, that I had, like, deeply enjoyed. Actually, it's another movie I will get into. But yeah, we watched something else, a practical effects Uh 90s movie thing that I was like, like, this is what I want. This is what I want out of movies, Mm -hmm. out of horror movies and things like that, that it just has this, ugh. It's just this vibe that yeah. I love so deeply, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, listening to you describe um, Necronomicon um, reminded me a lot of the mo- the movie that we just finished last night, Lord of Illusions. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw that on your letterbox. Yeah. 95. Um, Scott Bakula. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a Clive Barker story. Um, so, like, it, it's very meaty, you know, very... <laughs> um, 
it's very Clive Barker, but yeah, like the <laughs> the practical effects and the gore are so good and so mm. like just like like you said, like what you want out of that era era of a horror movie. And it also had like that early CGI, but like once again, like the way that they used it like actually served the movie. Right. You know, yeah, instead exactly. of just being a shortcut. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really cool. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and like, yeah, I, it it sounds, uh, Lord of the Illusions, it sounds like it's kind of in that same vibe as Necronomicon. So I, I'm definitely going to check that one out too, because I had a blast with Lord of Illusions. For sure. Is that like streaming on something or do you I don't remember where we watched it. Um, I could look up real quick. And see. It's also a, a good moment to point out, you know, the app Real Good is great for this stuff. R E E L G O O D. You can put in what streaming services you have and so forth, mm-hmm. and then type in a movie, and I'll just tell you, yeah, where it if, is. If you have pro, um, pr- if you pay for Pro on Letterbox too, you can do the same thing. Um, yep. which I yeah, I yeah. use that. I find that one doesn't work as well for me okay. as the Real Good one. Yeah, I don't like. I just feel like it never gives me what I'm looking for. Uh, but yes, I on see. that, theoretically, that works. Yeah, yeah. So it's on it's on um, Max and also like Cinemax okay. and the Amazon, on Amazon. So if you have that, either of those channels. Um, there you go, Lord of Illusions. Yeah, very cool. Very cool 90s Clive Barker. Yeah, and that was, I was also, so the other thing that we watched that was in that vein was The Faculty. Oh, yeah. Um, which I love. It's great. Like, and I think it only, it really only gets better. Um, Mark hadn't seen it, like, since it was in theaters. Okay. And so we started, and he was like, I have no recollection of this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that would be, but, like, a fun movie to get to re-experience. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, I, I watch it every few years, um, and... It's always a good time. And I think like watching it with someone who hadn't seen it in a while too, like then just heightened my appreciation of it. Mm -hmm. But again, it's got the like CGI of the time, but largely they're using a lot of practical stuff, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to the extent that they can. It's got like, you know, one of the things that you pointed out about this um, was like, and that I love about this too, is that the the characters are like very savvy, but in a high school sort of way, you know? Mm. Um, where like they don't necessarily ma- make like stupid decisions. Everything that they do kind of makes sense. And there's a lot of yeah. situational awareness to them where like he compared it to Scream and someone else did as well in like of my friends who had reviewed it and that he was like, I like this better than Scream because you know, the the teenagers in Scream are, like, hyper aware, you know? And okay. that's on purpose. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's a very yeah. meta, intentionally supposed to be commenting upon itself. These kids are supposed to be way too aware in yeah. the Scream franchise. I don't hold that against it. No. Mark does not like the cleverness of, of Scream. Oh, he thinks it, yeah. yeah. It's patting itself on the back too much or whatever. Um, whatever. But the, he's saying like the thing that he likes about the faculty is he's like, I feel like there's like a meta element of it, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they're bringing in stuff like the invasion of the body snatchers and stuff like that, which I was like, I mean, that was a trope of the time too, right? Like whenever you had like a teenage horror movie, there was always one nerd mm-hmm. who like had some weird knowledge that was yeah. going to like be the key to unlocking uh-huh. the stuff right yeah. like this kid about reads the comic books or... and stuff yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah there's gonna be like the key to unlocking what's happening here is some dork who mm-hmm. you know sits in his room and and reads shit on the internet or whatever yeah 
Um, but like, yeah, the, one of the things that's great about that movie is it does really feel like they feel like teenagers and their like, you know, reactions to things are very sort of real, mm-hmm. um, while you're in this like heightened insane situation and those like camp performances that are put on by mm-hmm. people like Robert Patrick and yes. you know, the, like uh-huh. B.B. Newirth and all these people in it that are like, they're on a different plane. Like the kids are acting like normal kids and they're yeah. these like weird monster android people like who are huge and big. And uh, yeah, it's just the faculty is like always such a good time. Yeah. And the effects in that are a delight. I did appreciate this, that like Mark's biggest complaint about this was that like the ending of it, you know, does have what's supposed to be a high school age girl walking around naked. <laughs> For oh, this, and he's like, okay, I don't remember don't love that. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, like I've watched this a million times, and that always surprises me uh-huh. as well. Um, and I think that that is a thing that, like, I often have that issue when it comes to a lot of movies, especially when it comes to, like eighties movies. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but like, yes, of course, these actors are like in their twenties mm-hmm. most of the time. But it is very weird <laughs> that like yeah. we're supposed to think that's a senior in high school. Yeah. And we're watching them. I guess she could be 18. Like, yeah, that's still like, it's still weird. She's in school. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like, it's a weird line to, to ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, if you, if a senior in high school is put in those kinds of positions, no matter their age, you're kind of like, yeah. Eh. So yeah, that is maybe a a minor uh, infraction on the part of this movie is, you know, having our climax be a teen girl walking around naked. Uh, But it is, it's just a joy to watch. And again, it's just, I just love the texture Mm -hmm. of a 90s movie. I want more film. Like digital looks really good and everything, but you can't beat the feel of film green yeah yeah i i love robert rodriguez he's one of like my favorite directors and Uh you know like that's and i know this is heresy for mark but like that's part of the reason why (laughs) i don't like alita battle angel is because right yeah it feels so different from all of the rest of his movies it's just i mean and i am willing to try it again like it's been a while since i've seen it but like you know it doesn't have that same like (laughs) what your instincts are correct on okay. that one. You remember it how it is. Yeah, it is. yeah. So it's like, it doesn't have, like, that, like, just same, like, gritty, meaty quality that all the yeah. rest of his movies have. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what else did you watch? Oh, yes. Um, let's see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I finally saw Blade Runner. For the um, first time. For the first time. I've been meaning to see it for ages, um and but then <laughs> so we've been watching Bob's Burgers um and it's uh, like my me. first time watching through and we got to Love like that. the the finale episodes of I think whatever the second to last season whatever it is okay and they're like there's a lot of Blade Runner inspirations and so we've got <laughs> like two minutes into the the, the episode and Stephen was like hold on you don't know what I don't any feel like you're is. getting this yeah and I was like okay so so we had to get Blade Runners so that we can watch Bob's Burgers I need, yeah, I need to, to really understand the context of Bob's Burgers yeah. it's like such like a Rick and Morty fan uh, thing but 
but, like, like who understand like how though. deep this is yeah and i was like well well i don't want to watch it if i don't know blade runners so yeah, yeah. so i mean and like obviously blade runner is worth watching you know on its own regardless it it was so gorgeous like yeah. i just i I don't like I'm not so great these days at like holding plots in my head, but I yeah. always know how the movie <laughs> made me feel. And like I just Same. I just remember like just loving looking at it. It was so gorgeous. Right, yeah. 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 That's really a movie cool. that I have probably seen a dozen times right It's my mom's favorite movie. Okay. And like if you asked me like to describe the plot of that movie, I really couldn't tell yeah like, not in a linear way right like, yeah like i know what happened like, guys like but... supposed to find them and yeah. like you know like, yeah. i can vaguely tell you that mm-hmm. kind of thing and there's like also uh, a bajillion yeah. cuts of it and i think is that yes. the final the final cut is like the one that's considered like the good one i guess yeah whichever there's... one is like most widely considered like the best one is the one right. we watched so yeah yeah the kind of I'm trying to remember because there was like a director's mm-hmm. cut I watched like two or three years ago d- during lockdown times. Okay. Um, but I feel like I didn't think it was better okay. <laughs> than like the regular cut when I watched it. But I don't know if it's like yeah, considered I th- better. I think there's three or four different cuts. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and yeah. So I don't know. I don't I don't know. But people can look into that if they're interested. Of, right. Yeah. Like which one which one to go for. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I watched a couple um, little horror movies uh, that I hadn't didn't know anything about. Every so often, I'll just be scrolling through Letterboxd, like looking for something to watch and I'll see something that Mm -hmm. I've never heard of. And I click on it and everybody I know has seen it. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? So funny when it's just like, how is Everyone has rated this. Yeah. What's going on? It's like, none of you guys told me about this. Anyway, <laughs> so so that happened with villains. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is a like it came out a few years ago. Um, I can't remember the exact year. It has Bill yeah, Skarsgård sure. and Micah Monroe. Monroe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was really fun. It's like a pretty tight, uh, quick little movie. Um, very very small cast limited um like uh sets and things um yeah, and kind basic- of a reverse home invasion yeah movie. yeah and just kind of like <laughs> pitting these two couples against each other and uh shenanigans um happen <laughs> so yeah. it was really fun um it was like the the energy of all of the actors is so spot on and like just yeah, delightful and, so. and fun um so yeah i would really i would recommend that for sure um if you're just yeah. like looking for something to throw on for a little bit it was pretty fun yeah totally and then the yeah, other one like very tight yeah oh yeah um the other one i watched was called unseen and okay. that came out this year um, and I only watched it because I had gotten a MGM plus seven day trial. And so I was like, OK, nice. I might as There's well just shit on see. There. Yeah. Like whatever is on here that's like not on anything else I have. Like, let's yeah. just see what it is. And this was like one of the things um, nice. it reminded me conceptually of that movie that you talked about, I think last year, as Stephen and I end up watching, it may have been earlier this year, I can't remember, but it was called See for Me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where, okay. um, yeah, where kind the... of there's like this visually impaired woman who, mm-hmm. um, like, 
is enlists the help of someone over her phone as she's like in this situation where she's kind of in danger so it's like it's like it's the same type of scenario but it plays out very differently so it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like they ripped off the movie although like i don't know where they got the idea if it was from see for me um but it was like for some random movie that i have not seen anyone talking about like okay. it was just it was pretty fun like i i had kind of like not great like not high expectations for it so i don't know if that yeah like colored my experience <laughs> but like yeah. i thought it was really well put together and they did some really cool things with the cinematography and like the way that they have the characters talking to each other because they're not in the same location um uh-huh. I, I yeah I would I if if anyone has MGM plus <laughs> um, I actually have it as like a TV channel oh, like okay. it's part of like Sling so if people have okay. Sling MGM plus is on there and thus it's probably on the on demand yeah for, I for but like well. I don't know so I have to look for it my trial was on Amazon and I don't yeah. know if because sometimes they're not the same like yeah right so but the same library do keep an eye out um you know yeah for for that it's called unseen it came out this year um is anyone in it or is it like kind of a um missy piles in it um and oh she's always a good yeah and like her character's fucking bananas so amazing yeah she's good at playing unhinged and over the top yeah um so i think that's probably like and of course like someone's gonna look at the cast list and be like i can't believe they didn't mention so-and-so but like bear with me here fair enough (laughs) but yeah it was really it was like pretty fun so okay unseen i will check that out yeah the uh the other things that i watched uh just i watched wrath of becky okay um which honestly Again, this is another one of those, like, I'm torn about it situations, because I honestly think it's actually better than the first one Um, for the most of the duration of the movie. Okay. Um, And then it gives you, like, a final scene after credits thing Mm. um, that, like, to me, like... Here's the thing. I could watch Becky movies forever. I think, like, keep making them. Every yeah. couple years, let's have an update. Who, what group of assholes is mm-hmm. she going to kill this time? And this time, she is, you know, this group of, like, white supremacists who are about to plan an insurrection. Mm. And she comes in and fucks their shit up. And right. it's a delight. Awesome. Um, And, you know, yeah, I think it, it's just super fun. Um, But, yeah, it ends in a way that obviously i'm not going to give away the ending of it but it's clearly to keep the franchise going okay but i think it's a really shitty choice okay for how to keep the franchise going gotcha um so yeah it's like like i absolutely recommend it because i think it's a really fun watch uh but then you get to the last scene in it and you're like Mm, why yeah why would you make this how this works i don't understand um so yeah, that's my Wrath of Becky mixed feelings mm-hmm. on it. Really good movie. You know, maybe on rewatch, I will just turn it off. Sure. Yeah, pretend scene. that part doesn't happen. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I will cross that bridge when the next movie comes out and I'm annoyed with it. Anytime know? a movie ends in a way that my mom dislikes, she makes up her own ending. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way yeah. to do it. You yeah. know? Uh, so yeah, that's my, I'll have my own headcanon for that. 
Um, and then the other thing that I've been watching this week that I just have to shout out is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, you know, lifelong Trekkie, but I've had a hard time sort of getting into the the Paramount mm. Trek universe dis- okay. discovery and Picard and all that kind of stuff. And I I will eventually get to them. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but it's just like, I, you know, it, basically with all of them, what everyone always says, is like, you got to get into like the second season of each of them. And that's when they like pick up. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Yeah. That's like, a, why that's, does every show yeah. have to, like, just do, you know, like... <laughs> why do they wait? Just yeah. make a good first season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, it's so frustrating. Um, but I started Strange New Worlds and just, like, instantly was in love with this. And I don't binge TV very often. That mm-hmm. is simply just not a thing that I do. And the past, like, several nights... I've stayed up like I, I'm I'm a lights out at like 10 30 11 kind of gal and I've stayed up till like 1 a.m. Wow. Watching <laughs> the, the uh, Strange New Worlds. I, it's just it's so great. It's everything that I love about Trek, but like with incredible effects now. So <laughs> like this incredible yeah. realism to it as well. Um, but with like the humor and the like the great weird situations that they get themselves into and you know the emotional elements of it where like at times like I literally yelled now kiss at the screen at one point like you know and there's like things that have happened that are kind of tragic that I've literally been sitting there going oh no 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 like (laughs) just it's I'm so invested in it um and you know Captain Pike, I think is is just incredible uh, in this. The whole cast is great, but he really stands out. Anson Mount is a great person in real life too, but like really nails it um, as Captain Pike. Uh, it's just yeah, it's a joy. So if you if you're like me and you've always liked Trek mm-hmm. and you've been having a hard time getting into the Paramount <laughs> Trek universe, Strange New Worlds is just an absolute delight and i think you should watch it very cool yeah that said anna i'm tired yeah just so tired of the things i read in the news every day yeah Um, i'm just like full of rage a lot (laughs) full of so much rage which is one of the reasons why strange new worlds is a nice escape Mm -hmm. because i can't stop coming back to that but this week (laughs) i brought up a couple topics that are causing me uh rage and asked what spoke to your particular ire Mm -hmm. right now um and we ended up deciding uh on the various attacks on education in the u.s by conservatives in state governments Mm -hmm. and whatnot and um i want to approach several sort of elements of this uh i want to talk about books uh i want to talk about like courses in schools and i want to talk about those absolutely atrocious prager u videos you've probably seen on your socials that have been approved as supplementary learning materials in the state of florida fucking hell Uh, (laughs) like i i i believe it i believe it's happening it's not surprising but at the same time i'm just like how floored yeah yeah it doesn't doesn't feel like it should be real yeah and that's hard to grapple with um 
And so I thought we'd kind of talk about some of our own experiences and relate them to mm-hmm. what's going on because everything that's happening right now is real to the kids who are experiencing it. And and it's easy to kind of roll our eyes and go like, well, fuck Florida, a bunch of backwards assholes or whatever. Um, but I want to humanize what this actually means for people because to be clear, all of this stuff, are, they're political moves that are meant to marginalize people further than they're already marginalized. Mm-hmm. And every time we dismiss this shit as sort of the natural outcropping of people voting against their own self-interest, we ignore the folks who, for many reasons, do not have a choice in the matter. Right. Uh, and in this case, that's, you know, largely kids. Right. Born there, you know. Like- right. Like, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, whether you your parents are bigots or you've been disenfranchised or gerrymandered or whatever the case may be. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people don't really have a lot of control over their own fate in states like this. Yeah. Uh, it's not all full of DeSantis types. There are plenty of people who don't want this. Mm-hmm. So I want to start with books. Yeah. Uh, because one of the things that's becoming more and more pervasive in the U.S. is book bans. Um, according to Pen America, a watchdog group for these kinds of bans, quote, During the first half of the 2022-23 school year, PEN America's Index of School Book Bans lists 1,477 instances of individual books banned, affecting 874 unique titles, an increase of 28% compared to the prior six months. Mm -hmm. That is more instances of book banning than recorded in either the first or second half of the 2021-22 school year. And over the six-month timeline, the total instances of book bans affected over 800 titles. This equates to over 100 titles removed from student access each month. And uh, we actually, like, we dealt with this right here um, in the town a couple blocks from me, Glen Ridge, okay. uh, which is a tiny, affluent town sort of sandwiched between a bunch of larger towns. Um, and last year, the public library received a request for reconsideration forms from eight residents from five households oh my under the letterhead <laughs> of an organization called Citizens Defending Education. Oh, wow. Yeah. How fancy and official sounding. <laughs> Very official. Uh, they requested that six books that dealt with sex, health, and queerness be removed from the library's collection, which the library immediately responded to with a giant LOL no. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then that group took this higher so that they had to, you know, have like these town, like a whole town, like uh-huh. hearing yep. about these books. And being, you know, where I am, um, which is a largely very progressive area and things like that, like... Everyone came out. They came to like the the gym at the local high school, which fits 800 people. And it was standing room only Mm. in there of all people who were like, fuck this. Yeah. Um, You know, it's a whole like still people have on their lawns, these Glen Ridge against book band signs and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Roundly (laughs) rejected uh, what was going on here. But this is, you know, we live in a progressive town where mm-hmm. five households are not going to determine, yeah. uh, you know, what is happening in these libraries. Whereas that's not necessarily the case in so many other places. And so to sort of like ground us in this, one of the things I wanted to ask, like for one, you have worked in libraries for years mm-hmm. and for two come from like a very conservative, sheltered sort of background. Yeah. And I wanted to know, like, you know, 
what was your sort of experience with kind of like the salacious books growing up? Um, yeah. And then like, what are your feelings about sort of like the degree of shielding that you received from that kind of content and like the journey you've been on the past couple of years of discovering yourself and your approach to the world yeah. outside of that? Like what role did books like this have or not have <laughs> that you would have liked for them? Yeah, to? yeah. So like... Fortunately, while I was very sheltered in areas such as music and movies and TV and stuff, I was much less restricted when it came to books. Mm -hmm. um, I think just because like there's like this this idea with like a lot of very right wing Christians that like a movie is worse because it's showing it to you, but a book like, right. you know, you can skip a page or like you can <laughs> like blah, blah, blah. So like they give a, sometimes and some people will give sure. a little bit more leeway with mm -hmm. print materials than with visual materials. Um, yeah. And like my mom would like, if she had a concern about something, usually what would happen is that she would just read it with me. Or uh -huh. she would, like, read it and then be like, okay, yep, you can read this part. Like, there's, like, very some very occasionally there would be, like, a section that she would ask me not to read and she would, like, give me, uh, like, a synopsis of what happened. And I think, honestly, I think it was mostly age-appropriate things. Like, my mom was sure. pretty, really good about, like, giving us freedom to, like, explore the library, pick out our own stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, to the point where if I was being babysat by, like, someone from church and they would say, I don't know if you should check this out, I would be like, my mom would let She'll me. She'll be fine with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll so, show her when I get home. <laughs> so I would, yeah. So it, it was more of a, of, of, other adults trying to restrict my reading um mm -hmm. my parents were never like you know they were always like no you you know you, we're your parents we decide you don't have to listen to those people right. um yeah. when I got a little bit older though and we had moved to Wisconsin um I think I was 13 ish um mm -hmm. the church that that we were in there like got really up in arms about the public library and they were going to like this the council meetings and things and like I remember like going to the library going to the young adult section picking out a book that I thought was the invisible man um <laughs> but it was actually invisible man <laughs> which is you know like I was I was not prepared you know to, to read and um, I, I remember like showing it to my mom and being like, this is in like the teen section, blah, blah, blah. And like, and she was like, I don't, I don't think it was her. I think it may have been like my dad or someone else was like, you should go to the library and like tell them, you know, it's going to be really mm -hmm. powerful coming from a young person that like, and I, right. and like, I, I, and so I like, what I did was went up to this librarian and I was like, you know, I was reading this and it was in the teen section and I feel like it would be better in like the adult section or something. Like even even then, like I was never for censorship, right? right like yeah. the the best that I like uh, um, solution that I could think of was that maybe it was just in the wrong age section, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. Like and 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 so I remember, like, hearing people at church talk about, like, oh, you know, they say that we're censoring them, blah, blah, blah. And then I would, like, go to the library and see, like, posters talking about anti-censorship and, like, reading that. And I'd be like, but I think they're right, though. Like, I think that <laughs> I think they're right. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I was I was 
surrounded with like censorship from all sides except for largely in the home when it came to books and I think that really did like make a huge impact on where where I am now because I was exposed to you know so many ideas um and perspectives and worldviews that I wasn't getting anywhere else so. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when I was obviously like, so my family wasn't Christian. Um, and so in terms of like trying to censor things and stuff like that, that wasn't necessarily um, a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but and one of the things that I think of is like how much just, you know, when you're a kid, you know, when you're like something is not really for your age or things <laughs> like that, you yeah. know, and you're like, ooh. Um, and I remember that being one of the things like whether at home and like, you know, looking through my mother's Maplethorpe art book or whether like sitting in like a corner of the library and reading something that mm-hmm. was like, you know, uh, for teenagers or something when I was young with like my friends and stuff like that and being like, yep. <gasps> you know, mm-hmm. that there's like a degree to which like, you know, I think like ideally and I think now more with like millennial parents and stuff like that, kids feel safer talking to their parents about stuff than like... <laughs> When we were young and it had to be like, we talk about birds and bees because we are too scared to talk about like body parts and Mm -hmm. actual things going on and stuff like that, right? Like, I think now parents are better at like just being like, hey, let's talk about this and like when you want to be sexually active or things like that, you know? Um, But being like a kid in the 80s and 90s where it was like, you don't talk to your parents. They're Mm -hmm. not your friends, (laughs) you know? It was like books like that, like anything whether it was just kind of like like the alice series for example was like a big one for oh all of yeah us, you yeah know? i've heard like, i've heard of um, those ones yeah yeah alice and rapture and uh, all that kind of stuff were like you know oh this is giving us like a peek into you know like our burgeoning sexuality and things mm-hmm. like that like those things i think were like really helpful as a like young person who like didn't know how to bring these kinds of things up or like was embarrassed to sure. <laughs> in these yeah. situations like you know, having these books about, like, uh, what it's like to grow up or, you know, about health, you know, mm-hmm. something like the American Girl book, The Care of yes. Being of You, yeah, like, I things loved, like that. I loved that one, yeah. Yeah, like, they were so, like, important to kind of getting a view of these, like, things that I would not have really, like, known about on my own, yeah. you know? Um, and, and that kind of stuff is like the kind of thing that is like often caught up in these bands, right? Like they don't want you to read anything that has sexual content mm-hmm. in it. Uh, nothing that has to do with like your sexual health or anything right. like that. And yeah. like all which can be broad reaching in terms of what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing that like approaches queerness, especially not in a positive way. Right. right? Like uh, and I think. I imagine, you know, being like a cishet gal, that wasn't something that I had to deal with. But I'm sure there are plenty of queer kids who that corner of the library that has the young adult book or whatever they're looking Mm at that (laughs) tells them something about that experience that makes them feel normal is important. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And there's, you know, there's conversations constantly about how we can make these materials more accessible to the people that need them in a safe way, Um, you know, because like 
there there's just even the like thinking of processing these books like do we put a label on them or do we not like in many cases it's not safe to have that Mm -hmm. out there if it doesn't say it on the cover um sometimes you know kiddos are are not um in a situation where they can like take home explicit materials like that so i've heard of libraries having um a special card that students can use or, or any any kids really can use to check out materials and then leave at the library and read when they're there so that they don't have mm, to mm-hmm. bring it like you know there's there's a lot of yeah. like tricks that libraries have had to come up with to provide this information as we are committed to do to anybody right. regardless of what it is um yeah. you know in a way that they can actually use it and 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 benefit from it um like even even putting up displays is like you know, it, in the last couple of years, it had started becoming a lot more normal um, to see stuff like that. And then like the last two years, it's been challenged like more mm-hmm. than, you know, it's like, oh, we, we kind of like thought it was like getting, you know, a little bit better, a little bit more accepted. And like now there's right. like, I mean, just uh, a couple of months ago, a library in the area had to cancel a drag story time because there were like yeah, yeah. legitimate threats of yeah of violence. Um, yeah, people are showing up to that shit with like guns and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, because that they've been told this is the great threat mm-hmm. to the to the world right now. And you know, it, it's it, the multifaceted thing about this. Is, like obviously, people you know, conservatives and stuff like that in power, you know, don't want. Uh, people to have access to this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. it, it keeps people disempowered it keeps people marginalized yeah um and you have this element too like one of the sort of guises that they've put this under um when the stuff like in florida for example comes out is like this sense of like parents having the right to know what their kids are are reading and having approval over mm-hmm. like what books they read in school and stuff like that which is insanity you know you yeah. can't pick and choose everything that your kids get to, to read in school Mm-mm. um but like it's also you know this assumption of the power that parents have that they own their kids right and so when it comes to something like a library like you were talking about like having a special checkout thing so that kids can read at the library or whatever the way mm-hmm. that that's construed by uh, conservative or abusive <laughs> parents yeah. is like you are allowing the child that I own mm-hmm. yeah, you to sur- you do something that I don't approve right. of. Like they view it as usurping their authority, their God given right. authority. And they're exactly. in there I mean and not every every conservative is religious, but oftentimes right. that is the case. Yeah, exactly. Um and, you know, that's what's, again, so important about it is because, like, you know, we, it, this comes up, too, in discussions of, like, like um, child sexual abuse and things like that, grooming and all that kind of stuff that, like, the conservative talking points and the movies, like, Sound of Freedom and stuff like that have mm-hmm. made this into this, like, stranger danger snatched yeah. from the streets kind of thing where, like, it is largely, like, pastors and stuff right. like that who are being caught for this stuff. Right. And... They don't want you to read books that explain to you the boundaries that you should have with adults and how to yeah. consent and the control that you have over your body because then you question, right? like, is it wrong that my pastor or my uncle or my whoever is doing this stuff right. to me? And it's disempowering 
young people from being able to name their abuse and, yeah. and to stop it from I, occurring. Yeah, I was like very like fortunate that I didn't I didn't ever have anything like that happen in churches um, because I was in several that now have people that are in prison for, yeah. you know, uh, sexual abuse of minors. And like, I mean, I like to the point where there was there was a youth leader who was making me uncomfortable and uh, he villainized me uh, like a 13 year old. Mm-hmm in the youth group like right as though i was rude i had a bad attitude right because i didn't want him to touch me you know because i right. didn't want him to mm-hmm. hug me you know it's no big deal yeah it is and like right. when you when you give children and young people like the tools to stand up for themselves like it it can suck like because adults in those situations like it really is upsetting to them but yeah. it it also like it, it it sucks much less than the alternative, which is, right. you know, when you just don't know what to do. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and it's just, you know, all of these people, I think obviously politicians and things like that have clearly nefarious uh, reasons behind why they try to control people and things like that. Um, and people who are abusive, people who molest things like that have nefarious Mm -hmm. purposes a lot of parents do genuinely think they're protecting their children while they're actually actively taking away the you know control that these kids have over their own Mm -hmm. bodies and the things that are happening to them you know Mm -hmm. um and so like all of this stuff (sighs) it's so angering to Mm -hmm. see on so many levels because you know there is that element of your you're leaving kids in a place of victimization, um, that you are keeping kids from being able to see stuff that reflects their reality. Like if they are queer kids, you know, not being able to see themselves and to learn on top of that, that like their existence is taboo. It is something to be shielded Mm -hmm. from children, you know, like you are some kind of monster that like, we don't even want kids to know you exist. Mm -hmm. You know, let alone you get to, like, learn what it's like to live in this body and and feel the feelings that you have, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And so then, you know, you have all these kids that feel isolated and, like, they're mm -hmm. a mistake or, you know, or some anything like that. Like, and it's just, like, so, ugh, it's so fucking heartbreaking. But that's, like, that's that's another method of control. Like, you have Mm -hmm. broken people because you don't support them. You can control them more easily. You can exploit them more easily. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, God, (laughs) it's real depressing. (laughs) (laughs) It fucking sucks, man. And on top of that, you know, uh, another element of this that I want to talk talk about was, like, the idea of, like, school courses, Mm -hmm. right? And, And this obviously pickles my egg as a former university lecture mm-hmm. um because like for example florida in particular uh has attempted to ban all or parts of various black history courses including ap black history which was a new course that was being developed um ap psychology courses yep. uh because they address things like structural inequality gender norms and things that might make white students feel bad um, like oh, legitimately, no. the, yeah. The Stop Woke Act, which passed last year, God. that basically, is so lame. By the way, that is such a lame, lame title so for something. 
what yeah, the and of fuck? course they have to like come up with like a meaning for woke uh and it's oh, like oh is it an acronym yeah oh it's my like, god oh god i can't even remember what it is but it's like a very stupid <sighs> that is acronym. that is so sermon core <laughs> it is yes straight up Fucking oh god hell. it's the absolute worst um and, and basically what it boils down to is the idea that it's racist to teach any con- content that would make a white student feel upset uh which includes anything that would suggest that there is still structural racism in society or histories that talk about the shitty stuff the u.s did to become a superpower or anything like that um and, and this is all because people like desantis claim that students are being indoctrinated in schools by their leftist marxist you know, critical race theory professor, I mean, Mm -hmm. teachers. Yeah. Which is like, oh, just, it frustrates me on a deep level. You know, I I worked in a university and in Orange County, California, which has historically been very conservative, but actually has turned blue in the past few years, Mm -hmm. uh, which is always nice to see. Um, that the results of how horrendous the Republicans are in that area has actually changed the demographic of things. Um, but, uh, one of the things about, like, teaching in that environment was that, of course, I would have, like, very Trumpy students and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I've had students who wear MAGA hats every day, uh, you know, things like that. And, uh, I always... One, I always kind of like looked at myself as like the the MAGA whisperer because like 80 percent of the time by the end of that class, whatever I was teaching, whether it's introduction to pop culture or introduction to American studies or Mm -hmm. whatever I was teaching, uh, those like male students Mm -hmm. (laughs) would generally come up and be like, I like was ready to fight you this whole class, which is an issue in and of itself because they come thinking they're going to be the authority and they're going to like lecture you as the professor on this stuff. Um, But they're like, but you really kind of like made me think about things differently. You know, the thing about that though is like, and there were other students who like, I've had guys who like partway through the semester, just like in the middle of a lecture talking about structural inequality, they just leave and never come back to class for the semester, you know, like you have that as well. Good riddance. The like, also like Jesus. Yeah. The thing about all this stuff is that like, as a professor, you, as a progressive professor, you have to worry about those people for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. One, like, are they going to come back and shoot up your classroom? You know, like I had a, one of my colleagues, like her students came in and complained to her because there was a guy who was scrolling through like gun shopping, like on his computer in the middle of class. And they were like, the fuck's happening? (laughs) Like, is he going to come back and kill us all? Uh, So you have that element of it. And like, also that like those people complain you know, and yeah. they're the ones who go and they like tell their parents to call the school and that you get like, you know, you get in trouble for in, in at UCSB at Cal State multiple times <laughs> while I was there. Uh, progressive professors were fired or in some way punished for the way that they taught content mm-hmm. or the way they reacted to uh, students who were, you know, being assholes yeah. <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, it is that and universities 
are conservative like you know like so many of the students like are like business majors Uh economics things like that the organizations at the top of this are conservative you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so funny because like you know we were always told in church and in like youth group and stuff that if we went to a a secular school you know they would they would we would lose our faith they would get us you know like yeah if you do that you have to be so careful Mm -hmm. and it's like it's the same shit, guys. Like, yeah. there are going to be individuals <laughs> there that are, like, very leftist. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. not institutional. It's not, like, structural. No. Like, it's the administration is not, yeah. you know. Yeah, or by no means yeah. progressive. I-, I had a professor... Um, I between my bachelor's degree and my master's, I took like a few courses at the local community college. I had a professor, a history professor, you know, one of the liberal Mm -hmm. sorts of like, you know, (laughs) disciplines. Right. Yeah. And she like basically said like racism was over, you know, it ended like as soon as like the Civil War was over. um, It was like she said (laughs) that she said that like. Black people and and Asians and stuff like that had privilege because they got to call themselves African-Americans and Asian-Americans, but it wasn't okay for white people to call themselves white Americans, like things like that. Like this is just like a teacher in a university, in a college, you know, and it's like you, there is nothing stopping you from saying shit like that, you know, like you're the professor, Mm -hmm. you can say whatever the fuck you want, Um, you know, like okay if that's what you think but that's not real like and the thing about all of this stuff is like their problem is you telling the truth right like when it comes down to it what indoctrination is by their definition is simply like anything Mm -hmm. that tells you what actually happened yeah and that's what they want you to lie yeah it blows my mind so much because like so much of this is verifiable and it's so recent in our history Mm -hmm. we have these primary sources that tell us what happened right and then but but it doesn't matter like right like but how? it makes white people feel bad and so we can't we can't have that or like simply the idea and this is another thing that gets me like all of this stuff is like don't teach stuff that would make kids unpatriotic right yeah and then we'll go and be like you know in north korea you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll like talk, you know in in china mm-hmm. how the and you're like this is what you're encouraging the same stuff you're criticizing yes, about some other, other government yeah, but you you're the main character yeah that american so. exceptionalism you know like there's like patriotism people act like they're like american patriotism is like so you know but it, it, it's it's nationalism and like it, it I is, remember 100%. like being taught what that was in school and being like this yeah. is how it's different from patriotism and I'm like oh right. but but that's where most people are at though so right. are you yeah. sure that these d- definitions like you understand them because it doesn't yeah. seem like you see where you fall on this spectrum right yeah yeah exactly exactly that you know and and now people are starting to embrace nationalism as a positive too you know it used to be that uh, that was the thing we tried to distinguish like Mm -hmm. oh well patriotism is this and nationalism is this and that's bad and now it's like a lot of these people in these governments are saying like no we are nationalist and that's a good thing it's just full-blown jingoism now like just (laughs) like yeah 
And that's, you know, to me, like asking teachers to lie and omit Mm -hmm. things that are readily available facts. Yeah. You know, it is so dishonest and so obviously propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, for a, a country that heralds allegedly, or, you know, freedom, that right. like prides ourselves on an idea of freedom, yeah. you know, it, it, it's such a blatant disregard of our rights, you know, not, not only to free speech and to being able to teach and say these kinds of things, right? But mm-hmm. also <laughs> to uh, our right to know this stuff you know and and make our own decisions i always hold you know i mean i have no place for patriotism in my life i Mm -hmm. don't believe in borders any of that kind of stuff but if you want people to be patriotic tell them what happened and then how to make a country they can feel good about now yes i don't have to like what christopher columbus did i don't have to like what thomas jefferson did or things like that but i want to like what we're doing now right isn't the point that we want to we like we should want to be proud of ourselves, you know, right. as people, as communities, you know, wherever you want to draw those lines. And part of that is taking responsibility and being held accountable for what has happened so that we can fix it and not repeat it. But it's like that kind of like Christian mindset again, where it's like, you know, if, it, you know, they, they they'll downplay incidences in the church because it hurts the mm-hmm. name of Christ or whatever. Yes, it's like it we can't admit we can't admit to yes. wrongdoing because it makes us look bad. And it's like, yeah, but then when people find out, you look worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. So And we look terrible on a global scale. Right. So we can be as proud of ourselves as we want, but it doesn't it's matter. Not hiding it from anyone <laughs> yeah. else. You know? <laughs> like and yeah, all of this stuff is uh it Yeah, it's just simply the idea that, like, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is, like, white feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and protecting white fragility and saying, like, it is more important that a white person not internalize any of this than it is that we deal with it. Yeah. And that, like, and it's that thing where it's, like, if you tell the story that happened, one of the things that comes up over and over again is this, this idea that it's going to like make white children feel guilty or like they're responsible for things their ancestors did. And, and that's such a misinterpretation of yeah. what is is happening. It's right. like, yes, you have to understand that like your privilege comes from this, mm-hmm. right? Like that, you know, the fact that your family has generational wealth or something like that, you know, or like just the basic like, you know, uh, unpacking the knapsack of white privileges that mm-hmm. you know article from 20 years ago or whatever was called like just the basic things you take for granted or whatever like yeah that comes from the fact that you weren't sub- subject to this historical and contemporary structural racism mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're responsible for it unless you refuse to address it right you know yeah. and then yeah maybe you should feel bad if you continue to perpetuate and kids it. are smarter <laughs> than so many people give them credit mm-hmm. for kids are so much yeah. more in tune with themselves and with these yes. these situations you know like I I remember learning about the Civil War in school because my mom was so when I got to a certain point, we used a curriculum where it was like DVD classes because I was homeschooled Mm -hmm. and um, 
my mom happened to be sitting in during like that unit and it, 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 the curriculum is from Bob Jones University, which is a mm. su- South Carolina, like Southern, very conservative mm-hmm. Baptist school. And, you know, it was very much the, the view of it was states rights, you know, right. exactly. and my the mom of northern aggression. Yeah. Like my mom grabbed the remote and she paused it and she's like, that is that's not true. <laughs> right. Like, you know, so like I was like fortunate that, you know, she she was able to like get in under that and be like, yeah. no, that's not that's not true. We're, like go to the library, get books about what happened, whatever, like, you know, to supplement yeah. this like part of your education and stuff. But like the fact that it's just so commonly like that. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. a very, very mainstream homeschool curriculum for yes. religious people. And like, that's just what they're hearing their whole lives growing yeah. up. Like exactly. I mean, that's but, definitely the kind of stuff that like Keo grew up with. In, yeah, you know, the seventies and eighties in his like private Christian school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but then like also like I didn't feel like like I didn't feel like oh this is my fault. I was like oh that's really yeah. bad. Like I can't believe that <laughs> yeah. happened. We shouldn't do that. Like yeah, let's not do that anymore. You know, like it's yeah. it's like. It's, it's not like, oh, you should feel bad for what happened before. It's like, you should be aware of what happened so that we right. don't have to repeat this shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, I remember when the kids that I babysat for in Oregon, like, one of them, the six-year-old, or at the time she was four, I guess. She was, like, in like, four or five. She was, like, in, like, kindergarten. And she came home and she was learning about Martin Luther King, mm. you know, and about the civil rights movement and all that kind of stuff. And in that very surface way you learn when you are a very young child. Um, and I remember her processing it and it was very like, it was cute. You know, mm-hmm. she like came home and she like looked at me and she was like, so you're black, huh? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I am. And she was like, but you're really more like brown and I was like well yeah you know like there's you know there's reasons you know that this is like why people say that and stuff like that and we talked about it and she was like mm-hmm. oh very interesting and then she's like and like white people used to like not like people because Aww, they looked yeah. like you you know and I was like yeah yeah that's true you know and some people are still like that you know and she's like but that's just that's just really silly. And mm-hmm. I was like, it is, isn't it? And, you know, like, she didn't internalize right. that as, like, but I'm white yeah. people. <laughs> you yeah. You know? Like, yeah. it was like a she was trying to process that, like, this is a thing that, like, you know, would be part of my experience and mm-hmm. people who looked like me and, like, really figuring out, like, what that means. Like, kids, yeah. like you said, are smarter right. than that. It's their parents it's who their, go, yeah, like, what A the projection fuck? of the people that actually <laughs> did participate in right. shit like this being yes. like, oh, but I don't want my kids to feel bad because I actually kind of feel bad. Right. <laughs> my picture might end up in their yeah. in their uh, textbook yelling yeah. at someone trying to integrate a school. Right. So... I better stop that from being something that they see, you know, yeah. like, yeah, that's, I mean, and, and that's the thing is like half of my family are white Irish Americans, mm. which I have said multiple times, Irish Americans are some of the worst people on earth. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, no sense of the background that they came from and mm. that their experience in Ireland was very similar to black people in America. Yeah. And they're often cops and, you know, people who are deeply conservative and all of this kind of stuff. And they have no sense of that stuff. But I don't feel like a bad person because I come from a lineage of folks who can't get their shit together (laughs) ideologically, you know, (laughs) like I don't feel like that's my problem. But it would be if I 
blindly accepted that, yes. you know, yeah. like, I think the world should be better than that. And, and it's the challenge that that's the problem. And we see that finally <laughs> in these PragerU videos. Now, I don't know how long you've been aware of these, Anna. I know, like, I think it's been around for like 15 years or so in some mm-hmm. form of another, got very popular on YouTube. And I would start seeing like probably... A decade or so ago, a lot of, like, my former classmates from yeah. Vanguard start posting these. I feel like that's about the same time I became aware of them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've never, like, seen these videos, heard of these, like, basically, they are purporting to tell historical stories, you know, to uh, give the history of things, whether that is, like economics or actual like United States history, world history, things like government that. Government stuff. But government, yeah. yeah, all of that kind of stuff to explain to you how things work and how things happen, but with a distinctly conservative bent because mm-hmm. their purpose is to counter yeah. the narratives mm-hmm. of the liberal elite or whatever who are dominating, um, you know, yeah, the discussion just- of history and climate and science and all of these kinds of things yeah they stink to high heaven of like right-wing ideology like just (laughs) even when they're not like specifically talking about shit there's like a vibe to this this media that's like you can just tell exactly what they're gonna do yeah And, and and it's polemical on its face it's argumentative mm-hmm. you know because they are not simply seeking to inform right like yeah it's when an you argument from something the start. <laughs> yeah like they are they're making an argument against someone who is not there to argue with them you know and often these are full of like straw men and other logical fallacies you know they're misrepresenting mm-hmm. what the other side is saying about these things or what the academic establishment is saying about things amongst the things that like Uh, are most popular on their YouTube, for example, is like combating the idea that humans caused climate change. Mm. And one of the ways in which conservatives have been doing this since the 80s is basically by challenging the idea that there's consensus on this. And, you know, as insofar as science can have consensus, Mm -hmm. there is consensus. 97% of active publishing scientists believe that climate change is human caused. Mm -hmm. 3% don't or have some degree of skepticism about it or things like that. Listen, 3% of any job are bad at their job. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right? That that to me was always like the the clue that like when you have like such a small group of people saying something clearly it's not backed up by anything but they they have to live their lives like that because Mm -hmm. they are the minority and they they are wrong but if if like if they just they they have to just believe that they are the special chosen ones that just figured it out you know, and everyone like, else is paid, right? It's the 97% that yeah. are paid off, not the 3% who, you know, yeah. Shell uh, has actually paid to say that climate change doesn't exist, which is what they did in the 1980s. Is they hired, you know, two specific scientists to come out and say, we don't believe that this is a thing. And they were the same exact scientists that the cigarette companies got to say that we don't know that cigarettes cause cancer. Just sow the seed of doubt in there. They always, too, like, it feels like so often they they get an expert 
in mm-hmm. a field, but it's right. not the it's field not you're field. speaking yeah. on. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like when that group of frontline doctors came out in the in the early days of the pandemic saying like mm-hmm. all this shit that like, you know, they were against vaccines and like COVID's not a big mm-hmm. deal or whatever. And then you looked at who was in it and it was like an optometrist and like, right. you know, a yeah. couple pediatricians and like doctors that hadn't been practicing in years. And it's like, yeah, OK, exactly. you're a doctor but yeah, you right? don't like, have any authority in this like yeah like i was topic. a professor but you can't ask me about like math right like, you know and so like, it's like they're tricking blanket. people into thinking that they're experts on these like topics that they're talking about especially like including the word university in their title mm-hmm. which they are not an academic they are not uh nope. yeah you know like organization they consider themselves an edutainment company but oh my <laughs> uh, god the name what? would make you think otherwise yeah uh and you know that's the thing is like the, so like that's amongst their most popular videos on there is that kind of refutation mm-hmm. um you know and they they i think you know often a lot of these videos are like very smug and again they misrepresent mm-hmm. what the facts about things are in order to then counter them with something with their own narratives. They're deeply ideological. Mm-hmm. Um, they have very little relationship with facts and, you know, many different scholars and things like that have come out and pointed out like they traffic in misinformation. The stuff yeah. that is in these videos um, is often not just misleading, but downright false. Mm. Um And so in the past, you know, week or two, um, it was announced that these PragerU videos, they created this like, it's called like Prager Kids or something like that. Oh, God. Bunch of short videos that they've created as supplementary material. Oh, yes. That's what they're called. Okay, yes, I did see those. Yeah. And they're like, literally, the point of them is to counter what kids are learning in the classroom. So you learn something and then either your teacher can show this or your parents at home can show it to you specifically the purpose Mm. is to say what you are learning is wrong here is the proper way you should think about this yeah and these videos have been circulating with some of the more egregious clips from them Mm -hmm. that are like frankly horrifying yeah um and i think one of the things that like like really made my blood boil when I watched some of these clips was, you know, they're they're telling falsehoods. They're trying to shine up what American history is like, right? And so, like, one of their videos, for example, has, like, kids going back in time and talking to Christopher Columbus, right? And in this video, like, he's like, well, you know, you, like, you're judging me by the standards of your time, but, like... I could have killed these people, but instead we converted them to Christianity. And isn't yeah. that better? And <laughs> stuff like that, I, right? That is something I was told in, in college by professors. Right. Like, you can't judge those people based on today's standards. Yeah. And it's They're like, people yeah, of their time. Why not? Like, and isn't, aren't you is the a... one saying that, like, truth is truth and what's right is right and what's yes. wrong is wrong, but it can right. change throughout history? If God like, is the same forever and he what? knew it was bad, shouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, like, it it makes no sense. I remember, like, one time, uh, like, a decade ago or whatever, my father-in-law said something about how, like, yeah, the Trail of Tears was terrible, but, like, at least it gave these natives a chance to come to Jesus, so ultimately it was good. Fuck. And I was like, what? What? 
what yeah <laughs> like no 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 there's like deeply no like no justification for something like that you know like and this is the kind of mindset that these these people get into mm-hmm. and like listen yeah, Christopher Columbus, sure, if you if you brought him back from the dead, he would probably say, hey, don't judge me by your standards, man. Yeah. I was doing my own thing. But, like, he was one of history's greatest villains. Right. I'm not taking his word for it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really gets me is the ways in which they have taken either fictional marginalized people or real <laughs> oppressed people, figures from history, and put these vile words in their mouths yes for example like there's one where like a little polish girl ostensibly a holocaust survivor or victim uh compares uh green initiatives like you know environmentalism to nazism you know and that it's a thing we have to fight like the nazis um or in another one it genuinely has frederick Douglas mm-hmm. oh, come I, I out saw in that one. this oh vile coming out in support of the founding fathers and their perspectives on slavery and basically saying like you know they were good people who knew slavery was wrong but they had to make a compromise and that's what yeah. made this country great so ultimately you know slavery had to keep going it's so fucking disrespectful and it's ghoulish ghoulish like, that's exactly what it is yeah like just spitting on his grave, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that is, that's beyond. I mean, it's, you know, what I've been saying about, like, lying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then to not just cover up, but to then take people whose opinions we knew. Yeah. We know. We yeah. have what they wrote down. Like, to take Frederick Douglass, mm-hmm. whose incredibly powerful speech about the 4th of July combats exactly <laughs> this mindset and, and and says how intensely wrong mm-hmm. this mindset is. And then to put those words in his mouth yeah. goes beyond lying to something much more evil and mm-hmm. intentionally. I mean, it's slander. Mm. Like, I mean, it is, yeah. you know, it's it's slander against a, a person who can't even defend themselves, you know? Yes, like exactly. I mean, you know, like, people have brought up 1984, like, ever since it came out. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's it's been relevant. But, like, mm-hmm. it, it, like, now I'm starting to, like, see, like, what people mean. Like, yes, right. like, they're rewriting what happened. Yes. And it's being taught in school in public school which has never been like to like actually great as far as like serving the education of (laughs) children like we're just barely beginning to like repair the historical wrongs of public education towards marginalized people right and like that's a bridge too far my friends we gotta we gotta go back yeah it's it's galling to an extent that is like I can't I <laughs> sent you before that I was like sitting here reading about this stuff and I was legit doing Arthur Fist mm-hmm. and I yeah. like noticed it. I was like oh I just like my body clenched and yeah. I like clenched my fist and I was like this I don't have the bandwidth right. <laughs> for how vile this kind of stuff is and like 
that's the, they're talking about history and stuff like that but they're also talking about stuff that has no pl- they're saying there's no place for you to talk about queerness to talk mm-hmm. about gender roles and things like this and yet they also have these videos that talk about like how to be masculine mm-hmm. and how to be, how to be feminine and like yeah like yeah the, did you know most- anna that like masculinity is what beat hitler <laughs> that's what these videos say oh my like, bad i love masculinity now <laughs> yeah it's good now actually yeah like if what was hitler if not masculine <laughs> yeah. like jesus Christ. what it it goes so far beyond any of this and, and yeah. the thing is dennis well, prager the creator of these mm-hmm. videos has said he wants to indoctrinate kids like yeah they that's yeah the they point. they're training training yes, kids they're training. like they're yes yeah that's like always been the mindset like train up a child in the way he should mm-hmm. go and when he's old he won't depart from it like that's that whole like mm-hmm. you know um thing of like building an army of people that whose brains operate the exact way that you want them to Right. Like, and then shutting off any outside influence yes. that would then convince them right. otherwise, right? Like, yeah. that's what this is really about is like, you not only want to teach them the lie, but you want to cut them off from the truth. Yeah. And that's what all of this kind of stuff does is just firmly insert them into this little bubble in which all of the information they get omits what has actually happened. Mm-hmm. And keeps them from having access legally yeah. to an alternative viewpoint yeah. to that. And it's like, they're also like, they they are blatant, but they're also like sneaky in the sense that like people who don't know to look out for it won't notice like right away. Because like, yeah, and like some of the, the, the videos talking about gender and stuff, gender roles and everything, like they are saying positive things about mm-hmm. certain things but it's sure. it's it's the way that they're pretending like like everyone but them like doesn't ever view any of these things in a good yes. light it's like no right. we just want to give kids the uh, opportunity to choose if they do yeah. feel feminine if they do feel masculine whatever right. like yes these things on their own aren't aren't wrong but they're limiting who can experience those things Mm, and making it sound like everybody who isn't them is just trying to trick you into you know like living a lifestyle that isn't right yes so it's like they they like like we were saying earlier like they're not even arguing in good faith like on the level of the people that they're like you know trying to combat Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, that's the thing, is that all of these things start in bad faith. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not addressing what people are actually discussing or experiencing or what we want out of society or anything like that, but instead inventing an adversary Mm -hmm. that the reason that people want these things is because they're trying to destroy the family. They're trying to destroy conservatism. They're trying to, you know, groom our kids or like things like that. Like they've created a villain Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff is a way in which they are fighting or training kids to fight a villain that doesn't exist Yes, you know. Yes, a- an exactly. adversary that doesn't know that Des- it's an adversary. Describing <laughs> situations and people that simply aren't 
there you know like right. it's something like i i mentioned last week the that group of nazis that came to that pride event you know and so mm-hmm. facebook the 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 city's facebook page has just been inundated every single post regardless of the content by course, people yeah. who often don't even live there saying right. why yes. did you arrest this man for preaching and it's like and mm-hmm. so everyone has taken that and run with it something that didn't happen right it didn't happen <laughs> like my yeah. sibling was there like yeah you know and but people are just like they just believe it and it's like like you like there's documentation and they still get away with these lies and it's so hard to like know how to engage in it too for me because Mm -hmm. like I want to be informed but also for my mental health like Mm -hmm. I blocked PragerU on facebook yeah years ago like before i had oh, even yeah, left same. the church <laughs> like i ago, was yeah. i was still going to church and like because so many of my friends followed the page it, their shit would come up in my timeline all the time yeah. and it would just like i would be like this is not right this is not true and i like was still trying to hold on to like some like faith and like conservatism and stuff mm-hmm. trying to find myself in in that like you know setting or whatever and just being like okay that's that's obviously wrong Right. I don't and and it's yeah. making me angry. I'm going to take yeah. it out of my life completely. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah. and then like eventually like leaving the church and like now it's like okay, I don't want to see it, but I feel like it's directly affecting things that are very important to me now so like yeah. do i engage with it again institutionalizing like institutionalizing yes. stuff that used to be annoying shit on your timeline, mm-hmm. you know, now it's in schools like now what do i do with that i can't simply disengage from the fact that like you know this is is this has become a human rights a civil rights issue you know it has to do with people's mental well-being it has to do with you know their their constitutional rights has to do Mm with just being able to move through the world yeah and not be persecuted and not be turned into an object of ire by people who are being trained by groups that have uh terrible reasons for doing this Mm -hmm. you know i think when it comes down to it you know we knew people who just simply didn't have the critical thinking skills to not parrot this Mm -hmm. stuff and that doesn't absolve them you know, of being bigots and having hateful mindsets or things like that, but that there are people who simply don't, they were never trained Mm -hmm. to think critically about anything um, and will parrot this stuff and continue doing so. And and the more you institutionalize that, the more that happens and Mm -hmm. close people off from that. And we also know (laughs) that there are people that we went to school with, often some of the people who are like the most christian you know who now uh outside of that bubble and having more access to the world have realized that even if they still have their faith like there is a truth out there uh that is not what they were being taught Mm -hmm. you know And, and a humanity to people that was shielded from them because these people were presented as adversaries Mm -hmm. and people can change when they learn differently and they are intentionally being kept from ever having the experience of knowing differently because of this stuff and that's frightening yeah 
I don't like it. Don't like it either. I don't know what to do about it. But (laughs) if you uh, live in one of those places and you know things that those of us who don't live there can do. Yeah. uh, Please. We always want to not feel hopeless. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, I'd like to think we have some impact on this. Um, You know, whether that's how do we support people who are registering people to vote and, Mm. and things like that or you know, whatever can be done. It's a dire situation that's spreading, you know, in various states. Um, And our federal government has no interest in stepping in to try to help. So thanks, Biden. So cool. I just like love not fighting back against bigotry. It's like really neat. I love when (laughs) I'm living a constant battle for like, you know, just basic things that people should be allowed to have and enjoy. Yeah, it's it's very, very cool. Yeah. (laughs) Super, super awesome. So that's what that's what's on our mind this week yeah. dear friends uh, let us know how you feel about it um, if you need to rant you know where to do it jack of all graves on all the things and listen next week we're going to talk some science and it'll be dark science but it won't be miserable science right <laughs> it won't be demoralizing science. like this <laughs> so uh, dear friends thank you for coming along on this journey with us, letting us process the world in which we live. Uh, I don't know. Listen, I feel like there's there's just like something they've got to do that'll help, like help get through this. Do you have mm. any ideas? Um, I feel like y'all could at least try staying spooky. 